0: The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached strike point. Webmaster Radio stretches his microphones across the Atlantic to bring you the strike points. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, webmasterradio.fm presents Strike Points.
1: (laughs) Hi and welcome to another live show of Strike Point. It's the 12th of April. My name is David Naylor,
0: and my co-host, as always, is Mikkel Dunib. Hey there, matey. Yep, I'm here. Phew. And, uh, <laughs> sorry we were not around last Monday. We were just talking about it with the studio. As I understand, it, you guys in the U.S. don't have an Easter Monday, as we do in Europe. And Easter Monday in Europe is very much a national holiday so nobody's working and nobody's doing radio so uh, we were were not around last Monday but we're back again Um, I I, I didn't even have the internet where I was, I was in the middle of nowhere with a
1: 1967 camper van and two children and a wife so I was like happy times.
0: That sounds very cozy and you didn't even bring your your cell phone with data access or something well, nah, I did bring my cell phone, but I
1: forgot my charger, so it died on the way over there. <laughs> That's good <laughs> yeah. yeah I didn't want to be contacted anyway it's like it's i the big thing is you know what I mean it's like to me it's like as a businessman you know what I mean it's like I have this feel that, that I need to be in touch with like my business at all times, and as soon as I was like as soon as I got in my van, I was like driving away and it's like top speed of 70 miles an hour, not for very long, mind you. Um, and all of a sudden, it was just, like, different world. It was just, like, not a care in the world. And I'm, like, I'm kind of glad that my phone did just die on me. You know what I mean? It was just one of those situations where I like, I don't need this. You know I mean? you I know, I've got my camera. The battery on that died on me as well on the second day because I'm awesome. <laughs> and I didn't take the charger for that either. Um, but it was just nice just to sort of, like, drive around the lakes, eat good food, spend time with the family, and not really think about work. So, yeah, I, I recommend every, everyone should do that, at least once in a while anyway. Um, but now we're right in the thick of it, aren't we? You know what I mean? Back to work and everyone's like, panic, panic, panic. How do I get my website faster now that Google's bringing it in as a algorithmic ranking change? And it's like, okay, great, here we go again. Um, so, yeah, so happy times. Anyway, I've kind of given indication of one of the things we're going to talk about is the Google announcing, the fact that they're going to bring in um, ranking factors is going to be speed, so H1 title tags, how many backlinks, and how fast your website goes. And from what I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Mikkel, but from what I understand it, it, it's not like if you want to get your server really fast in Google's eyes, you'd stick it next to Mountain View, right next to their crawlers. Cost the ping times would be quicker. Um, what they're doing is they're looking at it from a localised point of view and an industry point of view. So, if you were, I don't know, let's say, a forex bank in the UK and you're hosting the UK, that's what you get scored for, the forex banks in the UK. If you're selling coffee mugs in the UK, and you will get matched up with e-commerce websites within the UK. Um, so if you were, you wouldn't get compared to the US ones, and you wouldn't get pe- compared to China, you wouldn't get compared to India. Maybe just the country of origin, because obviously countries have different infrastructures, um, and I think that would localise the the results out into different areas. One of the big things that kind of concerns me ever so much about this is that this really affects the mom and pops. And I can see a whole new word world of like making servers go slow on shared hosting and stuff like this, just to hold your competitors down. So, what say you, Michael?
0: Well, I'm not. You know, it, I kind of have mixed feelings with uh, with this announcement because um, on one hand, I was I was kind of thinking, well, I think server speed or server stability has have some kind of impact on the marketing effect in search engines uh, for a long time. Uh, Maybe not so directly in terms of a direct ranking factor, uh, but more in terms of, uh, of definitely in terms of a calling factor, and and thereby directly or indirectly uh, a factor in, in, in how visible, especially a large website, becomes in search. So I always considered it maybe not a very big factor, and also a factor that for, all other reasons are a good idea to look into because, I mean, who wants to have a slow website anyway? You know, everybody wants a fast website. So there's so many good reasons just from a usability point of view to have a fast website. Um, but I think that it always had some kind of impact on, on how visible you become in search. So th- my first reaction was, yeah, well, what's the new net, news in that? But, of course, there might be some, some, some uh, new emphasis on, on directly on, on the algorithm. Um, uh, how much the impact is going to be? You know, it's it. I, you know, as usual when they introduce things like this, I, I don't think the impact is going to be that great. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't haven't been able to see much of that uh, uh, yet. Um, and also, I'm, um, you know, it it may be Google's ambition to do this on local or industry level, but in my experience, once they get down to the smaller regions like Denmark, their mapping of things becomes Not so good. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. I mean, mean, maybe Germany and UK well enough, but Denmark is a small region. I understand it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, um, they're
1: testing it at the moment on some very high yield terms but not on, like, loads. It's not rolled out all over the place at the moment. It's just by basically A, B, and C, and, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, let's say online poker. So if you search for online poker. If 888 servers aren't quick and fast, they won't be number one. Um, pff, scary thought, you know what I mean? But it's like, I suppose, you know, where, that companies like 888 could afford to have a massive infrastructure and therefore will be able to deliver those results very quickly and very efficiently. Um, How does this affect normal human beings that don't have millions and millions of dollars behind them? Um, I wrote a post, well I got one of my guys to write a post on it after we decided which was the best way to speed up um, davidnaylor.co.uk. And some of the things that we did was um, moved all the images onto a non-cookie-dropping server, so basically a server that wouldn't accept cookies because images and Google Analytics and stuff like that, it will kind of like drop cookies and that all adds to the time weight. Um, Don't put it on the same domain, Um, I think, but we we originally had it on the same Domain, but we moved it onto like uh, images.bronco or something totally different to the domain name it's actually on, and basically off site hosted all the imagery, even though it's on the same server, it's just so we could get um, quicker um, pulls on that. And then we put all the JavaScript into a JS.DavidNaylor or script.DavidNaylor, and again put that on a server which was a server once only server. And we actually took out my server times down from about 7 seconds down to like sort of 1.2 seconds just by making those changes um and the other thing that we did was spratched up a lot of the images so we didn't have uh 80 different images image calls we brought that down to basically well 80 different http requests we brought that down to 40 HTTP requests and then we pulled it down even deeper as well um, on the second run of that so you can speed it up it does take a little bit of time it took us about two days to do it um, but I think it's worth it I think that we will see more and more and more of you know. I mean? Google want fast services you know what I mean it's like I think they'll offer a hosting platform that'll make it quick and easy for people to so like, get this service and, and that should so like, make everybody happy 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 apart from obviously the hosting companies which they'll make them very sad 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 um, yeah
0: but I, I you know I think that that of course hosting is an element in this but I I um, think that the majority of speed or maybe the lack of speed comes from uh, bad applications and bad implementations, bad templates, and, and a lot of the stuff that you've done to your blog is stuff that, I mean, for any sake, it makes good sense to do. I mean, it, it makes good sense to compile your, your uh, JavaScript files and your uh, uh, stylesheet files and stuff and don't have like 10 or 15 or 20 references in your header. And it makes sense to have as clean code as possible and remove long comments and stuff that doesn't really need to be there. Uh, it, it makes sense to... Um, if you did placing objects like images and even even more important with video files and, and, and flash and stuff on, on some servers that are optimized for, for that stuff, uh, maybe even yeah. going uh, to the cloud or something uh, with some of that stuff, that makes total sense. And, and, and that has made sense even before this announcement from Google, uh, just from a user yeah. point of view. But then, also in my mind, to some degree, from from the crawling point of view, and thereby, indirectly, um, the 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 visibility point of view, total visibility. Um, so it's not it's not that I think it's it's very new, but maybe it's a good reminder to everybody that that it does it does have an effect that um, to optimize that part of your website. I also believe that. Uh, Especially if you if you run uh, image heavy websites uh, or general websites that are, that are pretty hard to load, um, especially with people coming from search, they are so impatient. I mean we know the turnaround time is what is like three seven seconds or something the average uh, so I mean a lot of websites won't even half load in three to seven seconds and and, and in that case, you know you may have a, a a bounce issue from search that you maybe wouldn't have if your website was loading faster so just from that point of view alone, and, and you know, as, as we talked about before, the, the type of tracking Google is also in, in, engaged in, in, in trying to see bounce rates and, and, and time spent on site and things like that. Uh, maybe speeding up your website will influence those factors as well, and I think yeah. that might even contribute more to your uh, ranking factors than, than just what they announced now uh, as, as applied to ranking factors. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, you're right. I mean, it's like if you went back to the old days when I first got on the internet. Well, not when I first got on the internet. moved forward a couple of years, uh, when the internet first became a common factor in people's homes, it was dial-up modems. You know what I mean? So you had to build websites. Yes. So the you know what I mean that that people could actually download them and not wait twenty minutes. Um, sure. And as technology has moved on. I think the lazy web designers have uh, really? really, like, overdone it. And when, you know what I mean, it's like, what we've given you, we will now take, a, you know what I mean, we'll grab all of this. You know what I mean? This is, this is our bandwidth. We don't care. Everyone's got broadband. Um, and everyone should be able to download these 10 meg. Websites and stuff like this, and it's like so. It's a good thing, you know what I mean. It'll it'll keep designers on the on the feet. Um, it'll keep us in job for another couple of years, I guess. Um.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it, it. It's amazing to I mean they they the kind of laziness that but one thing is the laziness that goes into programming, and and in my mind, lazy programming includes. Uh, as we talk about just having tons of references to different uh, style sheets and scripts and 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 long comments in your code that you don't really need to be there, empty containers. I see that all the time, like tons of tables or divs for that matter that are empty that are just left there because sometimes they put something in that container. But why print it on the page if you don't need it? You know, <laughs> make it conditional. You know, don't print the container if you don't need the container, and and all those kind of things yeah. is it, is really lazy. But also there's another thing is that some people still, I, I wouldn't say I see that a lot, but I, I was just dealing with a client not so long ago that had HTML pages where the HTML code alone was like maybe one or two megabyte, you know, those hyper hyper long pages and then coded very heavily in tables and stuff. So, you know, having an HTML page that is one megabyte or two megabyte, that, that is outrageous. <laughs> should be a law that.
1: Yeah, it's it's like dot net view state isn't it it's like here you go mate download this 3 meg file right like, it's a view
0: state why do i need that it's like yeah you just sit it the cookies <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of design uh, system design uh, uh, considerations that have, have put a lot of, of of gibberish in 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 into our web pages that we don't really need uh, um, that's why i i still like yeah, I, I just launched our, our our agency website in Denmark, and and my and the website we have is very simple. I decided to make it uh, very simple. Most of it is just static HTML, a little bit of of, of uh, ASP that I made in then but you know some simple scripting. But basically, it's very very simple and handmade. No CMS, <laughs> no publishing system, and it's so clean. <laughs> it's so nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Should we take and a quick break now? And yeah, I think so. like, welcome our sponsors, and then we can go into some of the European news that's been happening over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yes, definitely. So please welcome our sponsors. Sit tight and don't move.
1: Strike point. We'll be back after this short break, only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> find out how the jar group can work for you at the jargroup.com
0: that's the jargroup.com the jar group online marketing with measurable results anyway i ask that's right ma'am anyway you ask let me get this straight if i wanted your ceo to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an asian elephant all i have to do is ask correct with In-Demand Affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, I, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you are not kidding. We are In-Demand. You can be, too. Sign up today at the letter Ndemandaffiliates.com.
1: Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire.
0: Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased
1: dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas
0: sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, ParadoLogic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth
1: sales analytics, and reporting tools campaign optimization resources and now weekly payments for top performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher. Thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com Inboxed Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm To Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to Strike Point. Um, I want to try something new. If that's okay with you, Michael. We're going to do a, yeah. like a quick roundup. Okay, Michael's going to yeah. do his country, and I'll do the UK because I've just been looking at some stuff, and I think it's quite funny. Okay, so. Something that was um, the BBC covered today was that Nottingham University did a quick run through Google 500 websites. Now, of 500 websites, only 200 of them gave you any useful help in diagnosing ill children. 300 of them gave you the wrong advice. So, if you've got ro- if you've got poorly children, which I have at the moment, don't use Google. You may get the wrong advice. Ring your doctor or ring booper like I do. There's the first thing. The second thing was that Google Street View led burglars to a milkman's garage. He's very upset about it. Again, this is in around my neck of the woods. It's in the Yorkshire Evening Post at the moment. Um, so he's very, very upset at the fact that his garage was well hidden away. And it was the fact that it was Google Street View that allowed them to see where it was, um, what was in there, and... Obviously, you shouldn't have left the door open when they were they were around there. Um, so those are two bad things. Um, two good things for Google is that uh, Google uh, apparently is about to take the Google Android operating system and stick it on a tablet. We'll talk about a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, to go head-to-head, obviously, with the Apple iPad, which you can't charge up from absolutely anything apart from the Apple iPad. Pad charger. Um, so there's a bit of a fail there um, going on. And the other thing is is that the HTC Desire is now on the UK market and this looks like it's, this is the Google phone. Forget the Nexus one. Um, HTC and Google look like they've, they've, they've hit the head, nail on the head. It's got the HTC Sense interface which if you're a Windows 7 user, <coughs> Mobile user, sorry, uh, like I am, it'll it'll feel very much like a Windows phone with all that googly Nexus stuff. Um, and the final piece was that PlinkArt has been bought by Google, which basically is I don't know if people remember these in pop, in pub quizzes where if they play a piece of music on your mobile phone, you let the mobile phone listen to it and it'll come back with the. Well, what the song was, what the air was, who the artist was. Um Plink is the same for art. You point your, your camera on your phone at a piece of art and it'll come back with the information. And Google's bought that. That was my five minute roundup of Google in the news in the UK. Over <laughs>
0: to you, <laughs> <laughs> Pixel. Yep. Uh, awesome. I'm gonna do so that every so anyway. week. <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, Google have a tendency to hit the news, and so they do uh, voluntarily or unvoluntarily, and in this case, unvoluntarily, uh, I would say, um, a couple of the co- of the uh, non-governing non-govern- uh, parties in our parliament uh, on the right side of the parliament uh, suggested uh, last week um, that we put a tax specifically on Google, a similar idea that uh, has been up in France I don't know how far that idea came in France, but in Denmark, uh, they, they put this forward, but they kind of added a little extra spice to the whole confusion el- uh, element of it um, by claiming that um, the tax the on Google should be because uh, they're benefiting from uh, stuff that other people produce. Like, you know, we talked about before they're crawling the web for stuff that we, you know, financed and they are... Uh, uh, using that commercially to to make money, anyway. Uh, and but then they're mixing it up with also the, the 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 other issue that that Google have centralized most of their uh, AdWords business in Ireland with no or very little taxation, and and they're really just you know pulling money out of, of of all the local markets around Europe and funneling it all to 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 Ireland. It's probably totally legal. I don't know anything about that. But, you know, there's, of course, some criticism in a lot of countries in Europe that that Google is is not really paying taxes in the countries where they're making money. Uh, And that's the whole issue of transfer pricing and all that. But with this suggestion in Denmark, they have totally mixed up those two issues and and came up with this stupid idea of putting a tax on Google. Uh, You know, the, the whole idea that politicians are, in fact, convicting people is, of course, totally ridiculous because... Politicians should not convict individual companies, they should make laws, and then the, the, the judging system should judge uh, based on those laws, that's how the, the, the dividing of the powers of our societies works. Um, but anyway, um, it doesn't really seem like it's going to uh, get a lot of uh, political momentum, so, so uh, it's probably not going to go through in Denmark, thanks God. Um, the other thing that I that I wanted to mention was that we have in Denmark a agency that um, overlooks uh, how the press acts. You probably have something similar in the UK and in the US. Uh, so basically, they kind of govern that the press is acting in in the way that they should in ethically and, and and so, and and they they just been um, been dealing with cases recently on um, on journalists that have used information from uh, especially from 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 Facebook and other social medias where they picked pictures and text and stuff that put people put in there and used in, in their research and their articles. Uh, anyway, this agency, the press agency in Denmark, now came out with a statement today saying that um, they think it's uh, it's, it's okay uh, for the journalist to take any pictures or any text that you put on an open profile on Facebook or any other social media uh, because, as they argue, because it's publicly available and, and, and there... Uh, The journalist uh, can freely use it, which, of course, have been replicated now in all the medias uh, and television and online and in print in Denmark. Uh, And so everybody now get the idea that that just because you put something out in public uh, suddenly by some magic stroke, uh, copyrights doesn't exist anymore. And of course, it's totally ridiculous. Uh, This agency is not dealing with copyrights. They're dealing with press ethics. But the press statement that they made make everybody think that, that now they can freely go to any social media site or basically any, any, any place where that stuff is publicly available and take it and use it, which of course doesn't really comply with how copyright laws works. So I'm, I'm trying to, we're trying to fight back on, on, on this totally stupid press release here. <laughs> anyway, I think that was the roundup for the, the local Danish news you can probably find similar stupid stories to this in, um, in other European countries. So do um, you have any, any really stupid stories, you know, please um, let us know.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, um, I think it's most probably only fair, actually, if I do a quick roundup of big news around the world. I can't do Europe because I, I, I don't know that much that's going on. But Microsoft, for the 10th straight month, has now increased its market share again. Yeah. So month on month on month on month on month on month on month, 10 times, Microsoft is starting to pull the game back. Uh, they've risen now to 11.7%. Um, Yahoo saw an increase as well to 16.9%. Um, and Google slipped a bit. So hang on a minute. Is like Google is at 65.1%. So it's only delivering six times the amount of traffic the Bing is so hang on a minute people news press, we should be looking at Bing a little bit closer um, mobile, 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 mobile um, Palm is up for sale at the moment rumors are that Microsoft is looking at it along with HTC um, Hawaii um, I can't pronounce that one um, Lenovo, HP and Dell so it's, there's a lot of people in there. personally I don't think Microsoft will buy it um, rumours are that obviously that they may do um, Microsoft also launched today, Brasco cheers for the heads up on this one before we went live um, it didn't give me very much time to research it but it's a new Windows mobile phone aimed at the younger people um, and uh, Microsoft's Derek Schneider apparently no relation to Dave Schneider Either I don't think um, he's did a big pre- uh, a big thing. BBC has, has covered it now. Um, Microsoft launched called Kin aimed at younger users. There's a website out there, kin.com, k-i-n.com. they uh, will give you a little demo of all the stuff on it. It looks it's very very simple. Uh, we know that the the whole whole mobile marketplace is going mental at the moment. It looks like also a little bit of Google news is that um, Google's I can't remember the company they were going to buy it. looks like it's definitely going to get blocked now, um, the ad company. And on the iPads and Google bringing out one, if you've not seen it, check out the HP Slate, which is a Windows 7 um, Slate iPad touchscreen thingy. The only thing I would... This about The Microsoft one has got so many more features over the iPad apart from battery life. So come on, Microsoft and HP, sort that out. Let's give us good battery. And that was my five minutes roundup of Microsoft. Yahoo's done nothing, so I'm not going to even look at that one.
0: <laughs> <coughs> Another week where Yahoo did nothing. So um, yeah, I think, <laughs> that, I think it's a good time to have a quick break before we come back to the final part of... Strike Point, and we were talking a little bit about uh, the iPad, some stuff around that. So um, please uh, stay with us and welcome our sponsors. Sit tight
1: and don't move. Strike Point. We'll be back after this short break, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: X, Y, C, and the Mark. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you payment pay me. No or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up as a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash.
1: Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance banks.
0: Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need and You can get paid for sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking becomes good state-of-the-art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866 xy
1: 7 page. It's code-free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to xy7.com. How would you like to not ever have to deal with a gatekeeper again? Can't find a direct contact for the decision maker? Stop calling the main directory. Because now there's lead researcher from eGrabber the one-stop source for finding contact information online. eGrabber finds email addresses or lets you find people with their email address. Just look up a company name and eGrabber gives you a complete list of names, IDs, email addresses, and phone numbers that you need fast. Think of the time that you'll save with Lead Researcher. Learn more about Lead Researcher at www.egrabber.com slash WMR. That's eGrabber.com slash WMR.
0: Did you know? 99 Designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99 Designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99 Designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99 Designs projects an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99 Designs. When designers compete, you win. State of Search, your home for the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Now, back to Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host... Hi, and welcome back to the final segment of StrikePoint. I'd like to run through everything we've covered today, but (laughs) I've covered way too much. (laughs) iPad. iPad, iPad, iPad. Is it the future, or is it just another fad?
0: Well, I, I do think, as we were talking about just before the show, that there is definitely a market for this type of microcomputers or netbooks or pets or whatever you want to call them. Uh, there's there's definitely a need for that in the consumer market, and people want it. Um, whether the iPad in its current form are gonna be um, that big breaker in that market, I'm I'm not sure yet. You know, they they, they you know, they may be able to get a fair share of that market, but I also think that there's a lot of 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 shortcomings with with the iPad as far as I can see. The the, I mean, to me it looks like a very very downscaled computer. Yeah, it's great with a big screen. It's great that you have you know the the whole touch screen thing that really works well. I think with with iPhone and and I've, yeah. i I I i touch what it's called, um, but it's too downgraded. I mean, there's there's not enough storage capacity. The battery, if. If I was going to use it as a book reader and and, and news reader and stuff, it's just not enough with a battery life that lasts you know less hours than I usually work and and you know they they do claim it's going to work for my bodies it's like ten hours or something, but a lot of times when I'm traveling like to the u s it's it's like a fourteen fifteen eighteen hours travel and you know if, if that's going to replace my books I'm, i I want to be sure that I can read my book when I get to the end <laughs> um and and so I'm not sure that, that, at least in the current form, and then there's also the whole problem with, with data interfacing. There's no, as far as I understand, no plugs in it, so you, there's no USB stick, so you cannot put in a, a USB a, a flash drive and, and transfer files. You, you can't even transfer files between the iPad and the iPhone in an easy way, other than, of course, emailing it to yourself or, you know, put it on a, on a, on a, on a web drive or something. And so, you know, there's a lot, lot of uh, uh, things with the iPad that that is coming out now that um, would make me not want to buy it, at least. Um, but I'm not saying other people won't do it. And I'm not saying uh, I, Apple won't improve on this greatly over time. Maybe they, they change those things. Uh, the one, I was going to say, the one
1: yeah. thing that really unsold me on it was the fact that if, if I bought it, I couldn't charge it for my PC just doesn't charge um there's a video or there's a youtube video of a guy trying to and they do an absolutely cracking job of sticking an ipad in a car um and you know what i mean it's like it's i'm not knocking these guys at all because it's like the finished product i was i was like wow if i was in the states i'd be taking my camper van there now going how do we get one of those in this fella um, but they can't charge it. There's no, you know, I mean, there's nothing that they can charge it from unless they stick it into a wall socket with the iP- iPad charger, or into a back of one of those like seven and a half pound, million pound um, Macintosh monitors that you can get. So it's, it's like, come on, Apple. You know, it's like whatever you're trying to do, it, it's it's wrong. You know what I mean? It's like I don't want to – I lose chargers all the time, and I bet you any money that that Apple cha- iPad charger is not a, something you can just go into the I Store and just go, oh, can I have a new one of those, please? So for me, you know what I mean? In the charging of these, this is a major, major, major issue. Um, but you're, it's like I'm going to buy most probably the Slate is is my weapon of choice at the moment when that gets launched in the UK, and I'll give it to my kids and see what they think of it. Um, but to me, it's a big eye eye touch. That's all it is. It's a, an eye touch with a bigger screen, um, and I think they could have done so much better than that. Um, you know, what I mean, it's like Bass said, it's not a computer; it's a media machine. And it's like, do do I need a media machine? You know, what I mean, it's like um, the Google Android tablet may be interesting, but again, it's like the, it's these devices that are getting built with the US marketplace in mind they have to remember you know it's like it's really hard um, to ship these around the world you know what I mean it's like the, 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 the cost of moving from well look at Dave Schneider seven thousand dollars for a data package by moving from one state to the next what do you think it's like when I fly into the US my iPad would be absolutely useless uh, you know what I mean? So it's something's got to be done with data packages and stuff like that before they become a, a commonplace. But it, it, Bass is right; it's not a computer. It's it's a Kindle, a pretty Kindle, a book reader. Yeah, but it's
0: not. Uh, uh, you know, I, we don't have Kindles available yet here. Uh, but but I know you know other people that's been operating it enough to 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 know the feel of it. And and um, to me, the Kindle is to- something totally different than the iPad. Uh, because, first of all, you've got the, 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 the paper-like reading uh, experience on, on the Kindle. It's totally different than, than a normal uh, screen. Um, it is, however, only, I think it's 8-bit bit, uh, grayscale or something, so, so at least it's not a color. But for reading text, I, I believe that the Kindle is much better than any screen, a uh, regular kind of screen, including, including the great screens that Apple is doing. Um, so so I think that's a major yeah. difference. Another major difference is that the Kindle is specifically made for reading books or newspapers and other you know, things like that. And it's got a very long lasting battery. Uh, you know, I heard like twenty days, thirty days, something like that. I mean, so you can literally take it in your backpack and, and, and go mountain walking or whatever climbing or whatever you do. Just take it with you and, and, and use it for weeks. That's how a, an e reader should be. Otherwise, it's not really an yeah. an reader. But, of course, with the iPad, where it's a, a full-size color screen and everything, it's probably difficult to make a, a battery last uh, for, for 30 days, but uh, they've got to work on that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's like with today's technology, you know what I mean, surely to God we can get something that can keep a three-day charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, something it's, like it, that. You know what I mean? It's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what the Kindle, I mean, the backlit on the Kindle, doesn't it? It kind of etches it into there so that as soon as it's in, that's it. It's not running any battery until you refresh it. Um, There's another
0: thing that that, that I don't like so much about Apple stuff is that... that, um they close everything off so much. They, 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 I mean, it's, it's, of course, one of the things that also makes it work uh, pretty well most of the time. But then if it doesn't or <coughs> – I mean, they had so many problems with batteries. Uh, I, I, I recently got an iPhone for, for a lot of reasons. That's a long story. But anyway, that iPhone I, – I was like, what? The, the battery in an iPhone, which is like the state-of-the-art mobile phone technologies, is, is ridiculous. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, why, why is that? And, and then, you know, like some of the old uh, iPods that I had, you know, then the, as everybody, you know, the battery dies out. Why yeah. can I not change the battery? Why do I need to send it in and pay you guys what is something like a hundred pounds or something in Denmark to, to change the battery on an iPod? Mm-hmm. Which is like ridiculous, you know, you can just buy a new one. Um, I mean, why do they close it up so much? Um, it, it at at least it, it it i mean it's funny enough if if um the only the only reason apple can get away with this is because they're not so big <laughs> if they had the same kind of size or anything close to the size of Microsoft wow imagine the kind of or mistrust uh, cases and all kinds of shit that they would be be facing because reality apple is a lot more closed and, and regulating and controlling than than Microsoft have ever been um <laughs> i mean yeah. Microsoft is, is a very open company compared to Apple. <laughs> but they get all the heat because
1: they... Yeah, no, it's... Use yeah, I, th- I mean, the problem is, is that you can't... Apple's a funny one. It's like the the users seem to be like, they're happy with this kind of like, no battery life, burn, crappy service, you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't understand it, you know what I mean? It's like... It's, I suppose it's exactly as, the same as being happy with Google, even though that for months and months and months and months we get crappy results from Australia all over our UK search results. Um, but we still use them in our masses. Um, you know I mean, it's it's just a it's a weird one, but it's it. This they certainly they. They've, they're an, in a very innovative company, I'll give them that you know what I mean they, they, the way that they bring things to market even if they're not really ready to be brought to market yet um, I mean look at the Mac Air I mean how many Mac Air users do you know that A, have still got a Mac Air and B, were really 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 happy that the fact that it didn't have a CD-ROM drive and the battery life wasn't fantastic on it and all the rest of it um, you know, what I mean, I went to a conference when the launch, and that's all I-, I saw. I go to conferences now, I very rarely see Macs. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. So, and I, reckon, you know I mean, and I reckon it'll be the same with the iPad. The next conference I go to in the States, everyone will have iPads, and they'll be all mass debating over them. And then next couple of years, they'll disappear, and whatever next uh, that Steve Jobs thinks is a good idea, whether it is or not will be uh, the next, next big thing, I guess.
0: Yeah, because um, I, mean, I, 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 I can surely see a great need for a, 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 the, the, slim, uh, uh, the slim notebook or, or PET uh, type of computers. And, and I've been thinking about myself, actually, for certain type of traveling that I do, uh, maybe it would be better for me to have a netbook or, or one really, really small, tiny little uh, 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 notebook that I can carry around just for check because the only thing I really do when I'm traveling is just checking emails, maybe browsing a bit of news from home or something like that, and I can easily do that uh, even on a 10-inch screen, you know, at least for, 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 for traveling time. Uh, so so um, I, I can definitely see a need for, 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 for traveling people or, you know, just people going from, from different offices to different meetings or something and just having this as a, as a type of a sketch pad. Um, definitely see, see the use of it. Um, but I'm just not sure that, that um, at least the first version of the iPad is is, um, is good enough. Um, but uh, yeah. it's definitely going to be interesting. In Denmark, there's been this uh, – I mean, you had the same problem in UK, and actually some of the UK companies are owning the Danish newspapers, the whole newspaper business. So you know, let me put, put the iPad into perspective there because as we all know, the newspaper business have had a really hard time figuring out new business models that, that um, incorporate the web. And they're getting less and less subscribers to newspapers. I think that the downgrade in, in, uh, or, or the, the, the loss of subscribers in Denmark is probably very similar to, to, to the UK. And I know it's dropping down in, in the US as well. And that's really hurting newspapers a lot. And they're not making up for it online. They haven't found a way where they can get money for content. So the newspapers has always been out there defending the idea that well you can't really get people to pay for content. And I'm all, always been like what? Yeah of course you can. You know it depend on yeah. the packaging, uh, it depends on the pricing. Uh, you know if we look I mean there's so many good examples uh, communities that that have have turned commercial by adding a a plus membership or something you know where you get these little features or whatever, and then people pay like twenty dollars a year or something for 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 pro membership or whatever um there's there's all the freemium uh, companies out there uh, that are giving information away Google is giving information away and then making up on the advertising side of it uh, I mean there's so many examples. There's, there's all the 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 research institutes like Jeffrey Pipey, uh, Piper Jeffrey, <laughs> um, Jupiter and so on that make these research reports and study you know, something and then they put out this report and you pay $450 for one piece of PDF. Uh, and they're all the e-book uh, uh, authors, I just published a couple of books in in, in Danish and Denmark on e-books. That, that's selling content online to users. That's exactly what I do. And in fact, on the, on the e-book side of it, uh, the last 12 months, I actually made so much money just selling my ebook that I could have lived just on that. Uh, I'm not just living off that. I'm, you know, doing other business as well. But, but it's actually been very profitable for me. And I'm selling information online to people. So of course you can you can make money, but apparently not the way that newspapers have done it so far. <laughs> so now with the iPad. Uh, some of the newspapers in Denmark are now all raging about it and say, oh, they so much expect that the iPad is going to be a huge success. And uh, with the iPad, they they think that somehow magically they can then get people to subscribe with the usual high subscription uh, uh, prices, of course, uh, for a online version of their, of their newspapers just because they're getting the iPad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? It, that's not magically just going to happen. Even even if let's say that the iPod or the iPad gets very successful and hundreds of thousands of Danes are going to use it, fine, let's just assume that. Even if that happens, I don't think that people are just magically going to be ready to pay outrageous uh, pricing for, for, for digital content like, like uh, what they bring in the newspapers. I think people would be ready to pay for it like they are paying for stuff on iPhone. But if you look at the pricing Model for iPhone apps, one thing that really sticks out is the price point. I mean, most of the apps are like $1 or $5 or maybe even some, yeah. some of the, even $10 or something. And a lot of the software that you could buy on iPhone apps, if you took the same piece of software and sold it on the PC or Mac platform, that same piece of software would cost several hundred dollars. So now on iPhone, you have to sell it for $5. That's how that market works. And, and the th- same thing I think is going to apply to newspapers. Yeah, maybe they will be able to sell the newspapers on the iPad, but they're not going to get even close to the subscription fees they have now on the printed version of the newspapers if you have a, a subscription and they bring it out to you every morning. It's going to be totally different. And I don't think they realize that yet. <laughs> but, uh <laughs>
1: Being uh, the newspaper, I'm, I, I'm watching the newspaper one quite interest. I mean, it's like even today, Eric Schmidt was offering advice um, to the newspaper industry. Um, I think it was the ASNE conference or something like that, and basically, um, Schmidt has announced that they're, they're going to um, offer a different type of ad delivery system to newspapers, which is going to mimic traditional newspaper ads. More than you know, I mean, it's like more than the way that AdSense works. You know, I mean, Um, it's I'm not too sure how it's going to be packaged or bundled together or or whatever. Um, But you know, I mean, it's like I think the newspapers. You know, I mean, there's this massive loggerhead. It's like if you took the news out of Google. What does what does it become? You know what I mean? It's like I looked at I started looking at the things that I actually use Google for, um, and the more and more reports that come out about them indexing false information. Um, you know what I mean? Because that that's that's the crux to the matter, isn't it? You know what I mean? Not even university, two hundred websites give you the right advice on illnesses. Three hundred give you wrong advice. Is that something you want to gamble with? You know, what I mean, it's not for me. No, I don't want to gamble with that. And then you take like the newspaper side of it. How often? How how long is it before we're going to see the fake news websites all over the place pushing regurgitated content just so they can have ads running on the co- on the side of it? Because that's fake facts. It's like a scraped news website doesn't have the overheads of something like the New York Times or the Chicago Tribune or the Telegraph or the Independent or all of the newspapers out there that are hurting at the moment. Um, you know what I mean? So it's, if they do go behind the paywall, what does it leave Google with? You know what I mean? What are they going to index news-wise? Um, yeah, and people will always scrape it and regurgitate and push it out there. But if it's copyrighted, they... They will have to change it, and if they don't, I'm sure that the copyright owners will sue very heavily, um, and they will sue Google for copyright infringement, and it'll be a whole mess. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it spins out. But the moment I don't think think you know,
0: you know, I I, I don't think that (coughs) the the majority of the news items that you find in the news feeds are not going to get hidden away because. Even if all the commercially driven medias decides to um, hide it under a paywall, there's still going to be open and free medias such as uh, state-owned medias like BBC in the UK or Denmark's radio in Denmark. They're still going to provide these informations online and TV and radio in all the different platforms that they have committed themselves to or they're committed by law to produce. And those information is still going to be available also for search engines. Um, so they're still going to be able to produce news feeds. There may be less diversity if all the commercial newspapers and medias decides to, to block all their content. Um, but there's still going to be all the news stories that we see today, Google search or Google news, still going to be around or be available. Um, but yeah, things are going to change. Uh, but I'm not, you know... And that's also why I think it's going to be difficult for the newspapers to sell us the, 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 the same kind of news. Uh, I think, you know, good newspapers like New York Times or Danish newspapers similar to that or the same thing happened in the UK, good newspapers with good journalists, when they do their work well and they take the time to dig into cases, investigate stuff, research, and do their homework do really nice journalistic work, that, that's worth gold. You know, that's great. But the fact is that most of the newspapers today are filled up with just simple feeds of news coming from Reuters and the other news uh, bureaus and, um, and and entertainment stuff, uh, TV uh, listings and, and sport pages and stuff. Um, most of that stuff is going to go out on BBC or any other news channel Yet you can still get for free. So if New York Times or the other newspapers want to charge for content, it needs to be that special content that their journalists can can make if they really work hard, not the crappy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be interesting, you
1: know what I mean? I'd like to see how it's going to spin out. You know what I mean? It's fine. Google isn't a news source, it's just a news aggregator. The people that prov- provide the news, if they put it behind the paywall, then they all won't do it, you know what I mean? It's like, I've always said that the BBC, as a licensed payer, should not be showing the BBC website to anybody else other than a UK IP address. That would block Google. You know what I mean? They won't do it, you know what I mean? So you can read the BBC from anywhere in the world, but I'm paying for that, you know what I mean? In fact, that's my that's my tax dollar going on that.
0: Yep. Um, but I mean, maybe, so. I don't see why maybe, I should have
1: to pay for my license fee.
0: Well, maybe you could argue that uh, that the UK also benefits from having a public stream of the UK opinion as expressed in BBC uh, about certain things. Uh, but then again, that's,
1: that's a political argument, of course. i to going to leave that to you guys. Yeah, and you guys out. yeah. yeah. Don't, don't even go... But, but, with but the, you know, I don't I don't even think <laughs> that it's... As you say, with a couple of minutes left of the show, we can't get into that argument. The only one... The, the I'm going to spin it back to the iPad ever so slightly. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the other thing is, is that I mentioned the batteries being crap on the iPad... The other thing is, is the one infinite loop that the Wi-Fi is happening when it comes out of sleep that you can't get Wi-Fi access. So to me, if you don't get Wi-Fi access and your battery life's crap, what is it? It's one of those bloody photo frames that you stick a, you can't even stick a SIM card in it. can you? To show you your pictures. It's a, it's, it's a doorstop. Don't buy them. Wait for the slate to come out. Be much better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's about what we had time for today, so um, I hope you guys are going to be around next Monday, and we will try and do another live show, and hopefully some new interesting stuff to talk about.
1: And I'll see I'll see if I can do another weekly roundup of what's happened in the UK news. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. We'll see, you never know.
0: Yeah, uh, I um, think and maybe we will also pick on some of our old stuff from previous shows again, like uh, Link, Link Love of the Week. Maybe we will bring that back. Uh, so if you have any good Yeah, I like that. Of, um, Any sites that really deserve some Link Love from Strike StrikePoint, uh, let us know in the chat room next week. Anyway, have a good week. Uh, I hope to see you all, guys, next Monday 2100 hours Central European time and 20 in the UK. So, um, yeah. 8 till 9 so, in the U.K. 1,500 uh, in the uh, uh, Eastern Time Zone, 1,200 Pacific Time Zone. Then we got about, just about every time zone so covered. <laughs> I think we're going to be live <laughs> any time, depending on where you are in the world. Anyway, you can go and check it out on webmasterradio.fm. So, um, please check the website and please log into the chat room next Monday. Uh, we usually get some questions in there. And there's a nice, there's a nice feeling in there. So, um, see you next Monday. See you next Monday. <laughs> okay. See you later, guys.